0: Amen. We're ready to get into the word of God. Psalms chapter 150. I'll give you tur- time to turn there, and we're going to be preaching on the the significance of the trumpet, the shofar. And we're going to get we're going to get deep into the Word this morning, and uh, I felt led by the Lord to explain, to give an explanation of the significance of the shofar and why and why we have started blowing the shofar here at the services. And uh, I believe there's a prophetic significance to it, and and there's a, there's power uh, in it. And before we start reading, I'll, I'll just want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the background. Uh, of, the, uh, of the church And how many knows the church was born Right on the day of Pentecost Right on the day of Pentecost uh, God sent, poured out his spirit And uh, people don't realize this But there was the believers that got saved 120 they were Jewish They were Hebrews And, uh, and, there, and then there was over 3,000 that day got saved And that ended up with 3,120 Then another 5,000 got converted and, uh, and they were Jewish people But people failed to realize until Paul was converted, there was just Jewish believers, Hebrew believers in in the church. And in Acts chapter 15, a lot of people don't know this, there was almost a church split. If you read Acts chapter 15, there was an issue over circumcision. And if a Jew felt he needed to be circumcised, then uh, they just need to go ahead and do that, and they worked it out. And we know that circumcision is not uh, salvation. We know we get it through the blood of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. So we read that in Acts chapter 15, but people don't realize that Greek and Roman influence started in the 2nd and 3rd century in the church. And history shows us there's been an animosity between the Jews and uh, Gentiles. But at this time, during this time, the leaders in the Roman Empire and the church did away with keeping the Feast of Israel. How many knows there's seven Feasts of Israel, seven main Feasts? And they did away with keeping the feast and made it more of a Greek-Roman style. For instance, the church used to burn uh, the menorah. But the church came came in and replaced that with burning candles for the dead. See, a lot of people don't know this. This is our Hebrew heritage. Everybody say, our Hebrew heritage. Our Hebrew heritage. And so Israel became a nation in 1948. And the church is learning more and more about our Hebrew heritage. Roots, and, uh, and by the way, it, it's not a requirement of the law to celebrate these feasts that was instituted in the Old Testament, but it does enhance your relationship with the Lord. When you begin to celebrate that, and you see where the Messiah, because all those feasts point toward the Messiah. Feast of Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, the Feast of Trumpets. Amen. That represents when Jesus is coming back again. And so there, there's a blessing in understanding these feasts of Israel. And again, it's not a requirement of the law, but it does enhance your understanding of the Word of God and what His will is for us in our lives. For instance, uh, the Feast of Dedication. It's mentioned uh, in, the, in the book of Esther, and Jesus went up and celebrated that, and that's, that's Hanukkah. And a lot of people, and some of you right now are like, man, where is this coming from? I never heard this before. But guys, this is all true. This is true. Jesus kept those feasts, the, and those feasts were festivals. It was a time of celebration. And uh, so we've got to remember that. And I just wanted to throw that in there to let you know, hey, uh, the Bible says in Romans 11 that we don't support the root. The root supports us. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about the Jewish nation. He's talking about the Hebrew people. We are blessed because of the Hebrew people. Can I get an amen? Amen. And I believe that the nation of Israel, which became a nation in 1948, it gives us a prophetic significance of when the Lord is coming back again. And when we see Israel become a nation, we know right then, wait a minute, man, God's coming back very soon. We know he's coming very soon because God restored the nation. He restored their Hebrew language. He restored them as a people. And you can read all throughout the prophets where God promised and prophesied that he would bring them from the north, that he would bring them from the east, west, and south back to the land of Israel. What is happening today, we're seeing that prophecy fulfilled today. That's why I tell people one of the greatest, one of the greatest uh, uh, signs of the existence of God is just looking at Israel just look at israel that's one of the greatest signs so but anyways i wanted to throw that in there and that part of, and this and the blowing of the shofar is rooted in our hebrew heritage it is rooted in the bible in the in the word of god so if you're there in psalms chapter 150 starting at verse 1 we'll, we'll go ahead and read praise the lord <laughs> praise the lord praise god in his sanctuary praise him in his mighty firmament Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet, the shofar. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with a lute and harp. Praise Him with a timbrel and dance, the tambourine. Praise Him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. And praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Now everything He described here is everything we got up here. (laughs) <laughs> the keyboard, the guitar, the drums, the clashing cymbals, the sound of the shofar, the sound of the trumpet. So we have a biblical basis uh, for, uh, for these instruments. And how many knows that God, uh, that God uh, used people to create these musical instruments to usher in the presence of God? How many believes that? Amen? According to Psalms 150. So what is the first instrument that he mentions in this chapter? What's the first one? It's the shofar. Out of all the instruments, the very first one he mentions in here is the shofar, the trumpet. And so other musical instruments aren't mentioned by name, but the shofar is specifically named. And we're just following what the Bible says. And the Hebrew word uh, for trumpet here is tekiah. And uh, we are being renewed with the roots of our faith. Now God said, as I was saying earlier, he would raise up the tabernacle of David And it was all about worship. When the tabernacle of David, they worshiped God day and night, all day day long. There was no gap. They worshiped God constantly. Now, every instrument in Psalms 150, now this was really good when I read this. Every instrument that is in Psalms 150 is man-made. Guess what instrument is not man-made? The shofar. Isn't that something? Man, when I read that, I thought, wow, you know, so God, this is from God. Now, the shofar is made out of flesh, uh, made out of flesh, blood, and bone, and it's full of dead flesh, and they have to clean it out. and what, And after they clean it out, how many knows you can't worship God in the flesh? <laughs> Amen. You got, you know, flesh stinks, doesn't it? And so you got to clean all that out for it to become a praise unto God. Do so y'all catch that? you gotta, you got to get your life cleaned up. you gotta, you got to let God clean you up before you become a breath, before you become a praise unto God. Now, after they clean it out, and it takes a while for them to clean it out, and they got to get all that dead flesh out of there. How many knows that who, whoever is in Christ, they are a new creation? So you got to get all that dead flesh out of there, get all that out. And then after they do that, and get all that stink out, and they begin to polish it. And they begin to get rid of all the rough edges. Y'all see where I'm going this morning? <laughs> so in order, so in order to, uh, to get the shofar where it needs to be, God says, I'm going to clean out the flesh. I'm going I'm to get rid of your rough edges. How many's had some rough edges in their life? Amen. And so God is cleaning us up, getting rid of, getting rid of our rough edges, and getting us uh, into a holy life before Him. Now, they'll take the tip off, and uh, they'll, they'll drill a hole into it so the breath... Will go through uh, through the horn. And they'll also heat it up too. And this shofar becomes an instrument of praise. Now listen. It took the death of an animal to produce this. It took the death of an animal to produce this. Now John uh, chapter 7 verse 38. Jesus said this. Out of your belly. Everybody say out of your belly. Or out of your spirit shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Now. The Greek word for that is hollow. Out of the hollow place, this is good stuff. Out of the hollow place, living water shall flow. Out of your spirit, out of your belly. So there is a hollow place that has to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And God filled uh, believers in the hollow place in their spirit. Now, the pattern we see here is that God crucifies the flesh... God polishes you, gets rid of the rough edges, and then the breath of the Holy Spirit goes inside of you, through you, and you have a built-in shofar. Isn't that good? That's why when you, you become a new creation, you're saved, you, become, you start giving God praise. And out of this, and out of your voice... Out of this, you give unto God a sacrifice of praise. You begin to worship the Lord. You begin to sing unto the Lord. And you have a built-in shofar inside of you to give, you, to give God praise. That's why Jesus said, out of your spirit, out of the hollow place, living water shall flow. Somebody say, that's good stuff. <laughs> that's good stuff. So, so God does not want us to be quiet when we praise God. He wants us to praise God. Amen. He wants us to praise him. What did he say? Praise, praise him. He said, "Praise the Lord. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the timbrel, with the tambourine, and dance, guys." That's not just Pentecostal stuff. That's Bible stuff. Can I get an amen? Right. And and, and we put labels on stuff. Well, if you if you uh, if you do this or that, or if you play the ta- you must be Pentecostal. Or you must be Baptist. Listen, we need to get rid to get get away from all that stuff and say this is Bible stuff. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's what the Bible teaches us. So God uses pictures to teach us. And God is using this shofar to give us a picture. And we all know the story of Abraham and Isaac. God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son up on Mount Moriah. But little did they know that God had a ram coming up on the other side of the mountain. And the Bible says this. The Bible says this. That God, in Genesis chapter 22 verse 13, God will provide himself a lamb, but there was a ram. And the horns of that ram, the Bible says that the horns of that ram got stuck in a thicket. And as the ram got stuck in a thicket, that provided the sacrifice that God was looking for. And so God was testing Abraham's faith, but the ram became the substitute. Do y'all see the picture now? The ram's horn, the shofar. And so the horns of that realm saved his son's life. I'm just going to kind of just not talk right now. I'm just going to let that soak. The horns, of, let that soak in your spirit. The horns of that realm saved his son's life. Do you see the pattern under the new covenant? It's a picture of redemption. The shofar is a picture of Redemption. It's a picture of what Christ done for us on the cross. It's amazing. It's amazing. So the ram's horn is a picture of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. God had a plan in mind already. The ram was coming up on the other side of the mountain. How many knows that he is before he was slain? John said he was slain before the foundation of the world. See, God already knew what he was going to do. God or Abraham didn't, because Abraham had to walk by faith. But little did they know, a ram was coming up. The substitute was coming up on the other side of the mountain. Praise God. Aren't you glad for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? Now, there's a pattern to the blowing of the shofar. Are y'all still with me this morning? There's a pattern to it, and I'm going to give you the pattern. Uh, the takia, it is a short blast with one or two notes, and it represents praise and worship. Everybody say, everybody say praise and worship. The second, the second one is the Chivarim. is three medium blasts with two tones each, and it represents repentance and brokenness unto God. We go, we go unto God unto, with praise and worship. We praise Him and worship Him. But how many knows we've got to go unto Him with repentance and brokenness and humility and knowing that God is there for us. Amen? And then the, there's the uh, Teruah, and it is nine short blasts, and it represents spiritual warfare and victory. Do you see the pattern here in the Christian believer's life? Praise and worship. We, repentance must be our lifestyle. Can I get an amen on that one? So praise and worship should be our lifestyle. Repentance should be our lifestyle. All these things, is part of the Christian's life. And by the way, if you didn't know this by now, if you've been saved for a little while, you should know you're in a spiritual battle. We are in spiritual warfare. So we got to pray and, and seek the Lord and stand on His promises and understand that we have the victory. And the fourth one is the tekiah hagedalah. And it's an extra-long single blast. It is the, Listen to this. It is the jubilee note extended as long as one can hold it out. And get this. It represents the great last trumpet sound when the Lord returns as king. When the Lord returns, when we who are saved and we receive new bodies and we are all healed with the ultimate healing in Jesus' name. Isn't that great? Do you see the pattern there? The blowing of the shofar has a direct link with the Christian believer's life. Praise and worship, repentance and brokenness, uh, uh, spiritual warfare and victory... Praise the Lord and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where we say, hey, it's all done now. No warfare anymore, right? No repentance anymore. We are made new. For when we shall see him, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Isn't that great? Do y'all see that pattern? I said, do y'all see that pattern there? Amen. So there's a direct link between the blowing of the shofar and the Christian believer's life. The Bible says, and I love this, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52, Behold, I tell you a mystery, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, at the last trumpet, at the last shofar, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Can I get an Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says this For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God with the trumpet of God, with the shofar of God. And I believe that one day, I believe one day very soon, He's going to blow the trumpet, and some will recognize it, some won't. But those who recognize it will be caught up together with Him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And this is our comfort, this is our hope, this is our peace that we have. Amen. I'm going to ask you one more time. Do you see the direct link with the shofar? Do you see that link in the, in the, in the book of Psalms, in the New Covenant, First Thessalonians, First Corinthians, the book of Genesis? It's a picture of redemption. Man, this is exciting. <laughs> this is exciting. So when we blow the shofar here at service, when we blow it, we're not just blowing it just to be blowing it. We're blowing it because we got victory through the redemption of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, no, it's not a requirement of the law. It's not a requirement of the law, but it enhances our worship unto God. It enhances our relationship to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm really excited about, uh, about re- looking at our Hebrew heritage and, and also the coming of the Lord. So we see where we're at prophetically, we see the pattern, and we know that the shofar, it even has a voice. In Exodus 20, verse 18, some thought, uh, some people heard thundering. Some people heard lightnings. But it was the sound of the trumpet of God. It was the voice of God. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 says this. This is what John saw when when God gave him the vision on the island of Patmos. This is what John said. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking unto me. Speaking with me, saying, Come up here. And I will show you things which must take place after this. Guys, his voice is is as a trumpet. His voice is as a trumpet. So we need to understand that. Now, guys, the the shofar, listen, it has nothing to do with the law of Moses but the Bible. It's the Bible. And God wants us to understand these things that are in, that, that God wanted to be in our lives. Now, Joshua... Joshua chapter 6 verse 20 says this. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. (laughs) Then the people went up into the city. Every man straight before him and they took the city. That was the walls of Jericho and they blew the shofar and as they begin to march around the walls of Jericho it fell what's the application to us believers today when you blow the shofar when you blow it in faith in faith unto God how many knows you got to have faith when you blow the shofar in faith it breaks down walls And I believe that when we start embracing this, it's going to tear down denominational walls. It's going to tear down walls of addiction. It's going to tear down walls that has held us back. But we got to press in faith. We don't need to doubt it and say, listen, we don't need to say it's a bunch of Jewish junk. Don't say that. Say it's from God. It's in the Bible. It's in the Word of God. We must have faith because we know that God is going to break down walls. Listen, even if it looks foolish to the world, so what? Amen. We'll become a fool for Christ, and we want to see God move in our lives Amen Amen, Amen church Amen. Hallelujah So God wants us to understand that And I believe that those walls will come down When you believe by faith Hallelujah Psalms chapter 98 verse 4 through 6 says this Shout joyfully to the Lord Shout joyfully to the Lord Shout joyfully to the Lord <laughs> Out joyfully to the Lord and all the earth. Break forth in song. Rejoice and sing praises. Sing to the Lord with a harp. If somebody knows how to play the harp, I welcome you to play it here at church. If you know how to play the harp. Sing to the Lord with a harp. With a harp and the sound of a psalm. With shofars. With trumpets and the sound of a horn. <laughs> So he says, praise him with the sound of a horn. Praise him with the sound of a trumpet. Praise him. And when we begin to praise him like that, listen guys, this is not just what one group of people are supposed to do. God has called the church to do this. The body of Christ. And he says, shout joyfully before the Lord, the King, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. So God wants us to do that. You know what? And the blowing of the shofar in faith confuses the enemy's camp. Uh, the bible says in judges chapter 7 it says that uh, god or gideon said when i blow the trumpet i and all who are with me then you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say the sword of the lord and of gideon and so gideon and the 100 and the and the 100 men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. And then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing, and they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled." What's the spiritual application? The Bible says that when we begin to blow the shofar, we begin to blow the trumpet in faith, and we begin to depend, depend on him. Listen, they were outnumbered. Gideon only had 300 men in his army. When Gideon had too much, you know what God said? That's too many. God said that's too many because if you have too many men, people won't give me glory. And God says, I'm going to use what looks like the weakest link, I'm going to use what looks like the weakest army so I can get the glory so people won't say, I did it. So Israel won't say, I did it. And so they defeated and they confused the enemy and they went into battle with the blowing of the shofar. They went in by faith and depended on the Lord. They didn't depend on their numbers, but they depended on number one, and that is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, the captain of our salvation. You know, some of us, we depend too much on numbers, don't we? We do. We depend on numbers. How, how many's here today? We need to look, see how many's here. We need to number. Listen. We don't need to be focused on numbers. We need to be focused on him. And though, listen. And the Bible says that Gideon's army was outnumbered, and they they were numbered as the sand of the she, seashore. That's what it says of the shore. And the and the Bible says that when they begin to praise God, the enemy got confused, turned on each other. <laughs> When you begin to praise God I'm ready to praise God here this morning I don't know about you I don't know about you But I'm ready to praise God And glorify God When you begin to praise God And you begin to glorify God It confuses the enemy It breaks down walls It breaks down addictions And when we see the blowing of the shofar We see the picture of redemption And we can never get tired of praising God For what he did for us We can never get tired of it We're never tired of talking about the word of God We'll talk about Jesus in the morning Talk about him in the morning lunch. Talk about Him at dinner. Talk about Him all week. We never get tired of what He did for us. And praise God. Has He done it for you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Shout to the Lord. Everybody say, shout to the Lord. With a joyful noise. Shout all ye lands. (laughs) Hallelujah. Shout with a voice of triumph. Just give the Lord a praise right now. Just give Him a praise. Give Him glory right now. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we give you praise and glory. Hallelujah. Amen. It doesn't matter how weak you look. God, if God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. We're dependent on Him. So what, it, what does the shofar represent? It represents the substitute sacrifice. It represents the voice of God. It's a worship tool. It confuses the enemy. It breaks down strongholds and barriers. And it's a reminder of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That's so so awesome. And so we need to understand that we are a kingdom of priests. And it didn't work out when the children of Israel, you know, they started building a golden calf. Moses stayed gone too long for them. And so they began to worship a golden calf God said, "This ain't going to work." But how many knows in Revelation one six that He has a kingdom of priests, that we are kings and priests unto God? I want to tell you something. I, I just want to. This is this is not what I. The Lord just gave me this. There's some of you today. You're depending on other people for your relationship with God. Listen, you're not living in the time of Moses. You're living under the new covenant. Jesus died for you. He's a priest. You are a priest. Everybody say this. I am a priest. A, I belong to a kingdom of priests. We call it the priesthood of believers. You have access to God. Did you know you can pray for people? <laughs> I know that sounds simple, and you're like, well, of course we know that. But some of you, you may know that here, but you don't know it here. Y'all with me? You can pray for people. You, you can access God. You're a pri- you can intercede. Every believer is called to be a priest unto God, interceding for men and women. Amen. Everybody say this one more time, I am a priest unto God, unto God, amen. And so God is restoring, God is restoring this understanding back to the church. He's restoring it. And see, people don't realize that, they're, they're, how many knows today there's a lot of anti-Semitism today? There, there's a hatred for the, for, the, for, the, for the Jews and there's people even today that deny the Holocaust even happened. And that's, so, and that's so sad. That's so sad. But guys, God is wanting us to understand that the root supports us. We don't support the root. Who's the root? The Hebrew people. Read it for yourself. Romans 11. Write it down in your notes. Read it. It's in there. It's in the Bible. Amen. It's the foundation. So, the Bible says... The Bible says that we are to follow his word, follow him. Now, I've had people, I've had people tell me before and say, uh, well, I don't want that law stuff. I don't want that. I don't want that. Listen, the Bible says that we are delivered from the curse of the law, not from the blessing of the law. Did y'all catch that? We have the blessing. We have the blessing upon us, the blessing. And so, guys, there's a blessing in going the extra mile to learn. Uh, who wants to learn more? Who wants to learn more about the history, about our history? Who wants to learn more about that? See, God said He's raising up the tabernacle of David. He's He's bringing restoration back to the church, and the church is understanding more and more about its roots. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're so. Listen, guys, don't 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 say that the shofar is just a. uh, All that's just the Jewish stuff. No, it's not. It's Bible stuff. Amen. Amen. It's Bible stuff. It's out of the Word of God. Amen. It's not law stuff. It's Bible. It's the word of God. And guys, what I love about this is that the shofar points to the Messiah. It points right to Jesus. I wouldn't preach it if it didn't point to him. Y'all, y'all hear me this morning? I would not preach this and I, w- I would not let it happen. I would not let the blowing of the shofar happen today if it did not point to Jesus Christ as being the Messiah. Would not do it. Because everything that we do revolves around one man. And it's Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so when we see that, we see a picture of redemption. So guys, when, when we begin to blow the shofar here at church or, or wherever you see it blown out, may, blow the shofar at your home. You don't have peace in your home? Start blowing the shofar. Pray. Pray. Now listen, I'm not saying it's mandatory. I'm not saying it's mandatory at all. But maybe God might ask you to do that. God may have you to do that. But you may have too much pride in your life to say, that's, that's foolish, Never say it's foolish. Never say it's foolish. Never say it's Jewish junk. Never say that. Never say that. It's out of the word of God. Can I get an amen this morning? (laughs) Hallelujah. And I believe that today, as I speak today, that walls are broken down. Y'all with me? Walls are broken down. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that the Lord is moving in our lives. I believe that the Lord is doing a great work in your life. And I believe that even as this week, as we go through this week, that God is gonna raise us up. God is gonna raise us up. And what the enemy has been throwing at us, we're not defeated no more. Amen. I want, I'm almost done this morning. I want y'all to repeat this with me I am victorious. I'm not defeated. I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm anointed. I'm called. I'm chosen. I will not live in defeat. I am victorious. I'm blood-bought. I'm sanctified. I'm going forward in Jesus' name. Nobody can do nothing about it. The devil can't do nothing about it. I am victorious in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name we thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Lord, you're so good to us. Father, I thank you, God, that you're giving us a better understanding of our past, the church's past, of, Lord, what you have done for us in our hearts and in our lives, God. And, Father, I thank you, Jesus, that you're working in us, God. Lord, that you're breaking down walls and you're confusing the enemy. Father, we proclaim together today if God be for us, who can be against us? And, Father, we look to you, God, and we lift your name up, God. We lift your word up today. We exalt you. You're the one and only king in Jesus' name. Thank you for salvation. Thank you, Lord, for saving us this morning. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? Whatever prayer you need today, whatever God is speaking to your heart today, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Is he at, what, what is he telling you to pray for? Whatever need you have, Whatever, whatever you need, it, it, do you need to get saved? Do you need to get saved? Do you need to get baptized with the Holy Spirit? Do you need a refreshing from God? Are you lukewarm? Are you look, have you backslid on God? Listen, we're not here to judge. We're here for you to come closer to God, draw near to God, and He'll draw nearer to you. Amen. So whatever the Holy Spirit's speaking to you today, we'll pray with you today as they sing this song above all. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.